Hello and welcome to Dog Bless You, the podcast about rescue dogs, the Wild at Heart Foundation charity and our love of dogs in general. I'm your host, Nikki Tibbles, and in this series, we'll speak to people about their experiences with their companions and how a dog can change your life for the better. But we'll also hear some harrowing stories about the lives of some dogs here in the UK and around the world. And more importantly, we'll tell you how you can help end that. But for now, let's meet today's guest. Welcome to Dog Bless You. And today I am so honoured because joining me all the way from Toronto is the wonderful Jack Jackson. Hi, Jack. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, honestly, it's utterly my pleasure. And not only is Jack uh, joining us from Toronto, he is an extraordinary dog photographer and founder of the most amazing project, Don't You Want Me? It's a powerful social impact project documenting the resilience of the LGBTQT community with their rescue dogs. And I am so proud to be working with you on this project. We all have these incredible dogs in our lives that rescue us and mean so much to us on every level. And I think that, you know, the work that you're doing in recognizing that, you know, is just phenomenal and your photography project and is just unbelievable. And Jack is the proud owner of Jet. And Jet is a boxer. She is nearly four. She is still crazy because she's a boxer. A boxer. <laughs> she is just the love of my life. Like I've I've always had uh, I've always had dogs growing up, but um, like she's kind of it's the first time I've had a dog, and she's fully my responsibility. So she yeah. is my family here. I don't have anyone else here. Um, I'm just with her 24-7. You know, thankfully she can come to work with me. Um, she, you know, she is, she's the best, best dog I've ever had. I just adore Aww. her. I'm a little bit obsessed. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. And I, yeah. I grew up with boxers. So oh, really? Um, the clowns. Yes. All my life growing up, um, my parents for some reason always had boxes and um well I think they're particularly good with kids so they were you know we my a couple of sisters and they were great growing up but I would you know I I we had two or three and if I couldn't sneak them up to bed in the evening I would wait for my parents to go to sleep and then I'd get in and sleep with my dogs I love them that much so I have my parents to thank for my love of dogs, which I am eternally grateful. But I mean, Jack, for those many people listening, I hope not too many, are not aware of the Don't You Want Me project. Tell us what it is, what it's about, why you started it, and what, it, what is it? Okay. Um... So we started this uh, back in May 2018 
someone reached out to me my now project partner deb reached deb. out to me she was um at the she's a new yorker but at the time she was in brighton and she's a portrait photographer and obviously um she's a, a dog rescue advocate and we just well originally she asked if she could do a blog on my work and and we just got chatting and we just we realized that we had mutual one of her best friends in san francisco was my tattoo artist when I visited there. And we just have had you got tattoos of your dogs? I have I have got seven to date. Seven <laughs> tattoos of Jet and she's only she's not even four. Anyway. I love it. So there was just this immediate connection with Deb and one of the questions in the blog was when are you going to do your first uh, photo book? And you know I'd only really recently started out with dog photography so say like maybe 2017 and I thought I can't do this like I'm just starting out but the question kind of it just stayed in my mind and I thought no I, I can do this I should do this and we just got talking about you know how we could perhaps work together on something and really we just combined our interests so Deb is the portrait photographer I'm the dog photographer she has a whole wealth of experience in the dog rescue world and I'm part of the LGBT community. Yeah. And that that is how it started. Wild at Heart Foundation, we are incredibly proud to be supporting you with this. I mean, it's just, don't you want me, you know, here at Wild at Heart, we're firm believers, obviously, in the power of the rescue dog and the joy and hope and comfort that these incredible creatures bring to our lives time and time again. And, you know, with this and the rescue dogs for the community, I mean, what, what would you say is, is the main aim of this project? You know, I, I think society can sometimes see, um, particularly like, particularly, it is for queer and trans people, but I think, you know, particularly with trans people, I think society's view is that, you know, they're somehow damaged or they just, um, you know, they see addiction, they see poverty, um, not all the time, but, but sometimes. And we wanted to show that, um, you know, sometimes queer and trans people get into these situations not but because of the discrimination that the, these groups of people face. Yes. And so for me, for example, I, I ended up leaving my small island, moving to Toronto. Um, I had one thing that went completely wrong. So then I ended up on my own here, no real job, whereas I'd worked for 20 years previously before I came here, took a risk. And then all of a sudden I ended up with, with pretty much nothing. All of my support um, systems had gone. And, you know, th this is a typical kind of uh, trans narrative, you know, you move to a more progressive, liberal place, but with that move, you lose those supports, you know, your mm. family is further away. Yeah, are your family still in Brighton? Um, my family are actually in Guernsey in right. the channel okay. islands yeah. yeah so we just kind of wanted to show you know queer and trans people they're not it's not because they're queer and trans that they it's that they uh, may be facing some of these issues it's because of discrimination systemic often discrimination yeah. that they face on, on many different levels um and then when 
the when the dog comes into their life and you know certainly for me with jet when jet came into my life all of a sudden i had a reason to go out i had a reason if something i, I was in a very it was a very very bad time in my life but if something went wrong I, you know, previously I just might have thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? I need a drink. And then, you know, yeah. but now with Jet in my life, I have her to look after. I have a reason to, to get up, to take her out, to look after her. And, you know, and you meet people going out with your dog. And it was just to show that when, when these, when these people who have, you know, uh, life has thrown them a bit of a bad hand or they've got into difficulties when they have what most people have that are flourishing like a family a support network uh, you know a reason to look after themselves then they do well yes I mean I I think that what I find and what I'm I hear and I completely understand from you is that it's so often when I talk to people about the foundation and talk to people about rescuing a dog, the first thing that people say to me is, well, you know, I don't want a damaged dog. And, and it makes me so extraordinarily <laughs> cross because rescue dogs are no more damaged than a, they're not damaged at all in my opinion, but they're, they're no more they're no different from a pedigree dog. They're no different from you or I, you know, I am more damaged than one person or more. There is, there is just no such thing. But, but I think for me, the fact that this notion of in your world and in the world of dog rescue, ridiculously, it, it's always a word that goes is damaged, isn't it? And I think that's what's so incredibly important about your project about the Don't You Want Me project, which, you know, is just a phenomenal sort of project that is allaying or, or actually bringing attention to the fact that you're not damaged, no dog is damaged, more, any more so than anyone else in our society that we meet. And I think that, you know, it's, it's also when we have a dog in our lives, no matter who we are, I mean, I... You know, I could not have got through lockdown without my dogs. I mean, I, I couldn't get through a day of my life without my dogs around me for the love and the support. And as you say, you know, I love the responsibility. Rita wakes me up at 6.30 every single morning because uh, she's Puerto Rican and I'm sure she's still on Puerto Rican time three years later, you know, but she has to go out at 6.30 every morning. But, you know, it's it's that sort of extraordinary power of rescue that I think these these dogs that they're, they're not broken you know the 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 LGBTQ community it's not broken you know and and that's why I have so much respect for everything you're doing it's like you know I guess like everyone you know they're simply experienced more of the world than others and if they were humans, we'd call them wise, you know, and I think we'd listen to their stories and admire their strength despite their hardships and everything that you've been through. And it's interesting listening to you that you move and you lose your support system. And, you know, as, as your life changes, you, 
everything around you changes and it's and it's the the this is the whole focus of the project and what you're doing i believe and that you know it's the power of rescue and it's the power of the support and it's everything that these creatures and having these animals in your life can help with overcoming anything that is thrown at you completely and I, I think you know sometimes with um with rescues you know you, you don't like to use the word damage i i think maybe there is uh you know sometimes we don't know what they've gone through and um you know i i think it's uh they sometimes have fear you know mm. I, I think depending on what's happened and the same with people and people react differently to that to that fear and I think this is just why they work so well together because, um, you know, life, life does shape and affect us. And um, it just with both, you know, with both the dogs and the people, when they have that love and that uh, just that reason to fight that someone there, um, it just it transforms their life. And, um, you know, it, it's an absolute privilege to to get to know these people, to get to know their dogs, for them to be vulnerable, for them to trust me to tell their to to tell their stories. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's an absolute privilege and I I just I love this project with all of my I, I spend too much time on it <laughs> right right now. It's, it's such a it is such an incredible project because what you're saying is that you know everyone has a right to love and respect the overlooked marginalized and as we say those deemed as as damaged goods or undeserving you know it's this passion that is driving this inspiring project of yours and and i that is what i love you're bringing together the stories of the lgbtq community and their rescue dogs and you know we're incredibly honored that we've been able to share some of these stories with you and to be able to support you in this because you know for, for us having dogs in our life rescue or not it doesn't necessarily have to be a rescue dog of course but you know the the, the rescue dog a rescue dog only has one chance at a, at a life you know when we find them on the streets and wherever we bring them over from all over the world our dogs are coming from everywhere and uh, some have faced a lot more hardship than others and have been completely you know disfigured mutilated so on but you know that they've not had a good start to their life but their capacity for love and affection and an absolute sort of loyalty is something that, you know, I will, I will, and, and their resilience, I guess, is something that I just have the most extraordinary admiration for. And, and I think that also shows in your incredible project. And I, again, you know, with the, and the dogs mirror the the people. I think we have so much to learn from these people and and what they've gone through. You know, their stories are so invaluable, especially now and especially like you said, with 
getting through lockdown. There's been an, I don't know about over there, there's been an explosion of COVID puppies because people for the first time, you know, in, I think in our collective history have that, have felt isolation. Like, yes. you know, perhaps the, um, some communities, not just LGBT, but you know, some other marginalized communities have felt that, but now, you know, huge percentage of the population are feeling that isolation, that lack of connection with people that is so physical connection with people we've completely lost. You know, we're not allowed to hug, touch or kiss, you know, whereas you hug, touch, kiss, have Jet. You know, I've watched some amazing films of you and Jet, you know, it's and it's just that sort of the physicality. And I think that's the other thing about having a, you know, a dog around and, and also growing up with dogs, but having a dog around us at all time, it teaches us about, you know, how to touch and be physical and to, I mean, having dogs teaches us so much. It teaches us about love and loss and empathy and compassion and, you know, all of the amazing things that we hope people should be born with, but some, and, and respect, but the, the physicality of course, during lockdown is just, you know, I go to bed with my four dogs, you know, it's great. All snore. It's fantastic. I love it. And I just think, I just think that just with the timing of this and with like the connection with world at heart, who we are so um, thankful and appreciative of their support. And we couldn't be, I don't think our values could be more aligned. It's just unbelievable. I just think with this timing, I just think it will really resonate and we will be able to reach more people because for the first time, you, you know, I, I don't think some people really understand until they've been there. And now people have been there. They are yeah. facing fear, uncertainty, to some extent. You know, this the pandemic is affecting the, the less uh, well-off, but still... I, I think people are worried, you know. Yeah, of course. And and I think also, you know, that um, I mean, what we're obviously hoping to do or we are doing with you is that we are finding rescue dogs for your community and we're supporting that project. So with the help of Button Up Box, who are supplying food and Waggle Insurance and we are helping this is part of the don't you want me project that we're we're so excited to be involved in and promoting love and respect for all so we're we're going to be finding you know the perfect rescue dogs for your community for your project that we will help fund and support we're so incredibly proud to be able to do that because you know everyone deserves to have something magical in their life and and to have a rescue dog that can help people overcome any sense of fear and insecurities and to to provide confidence and something to love and take care of and as you say it gets you out and you meet people and it gives you that responsibility and with the don't you want me project wild at heart will be as i say would be supplying finding the perfect dog for the perfect owner so we're going to match up that dog with the perfect owner and we will be providing food from button that box and insurance from waggle and helping with any care and aftercare and veterinary care and we're very excited to make this happen
Honestly, I, I can't thank you enough. And, you know, th this was something, uh, this rescue grant was something that we had wanted to do really from the outset of the project. You know, it wasn't just some two photographers, you know, an egotistical thing or let's just take pictures. This was, I, we want to help people, you know. And I think from my own experience, I couldn't, um, I was in a situation was in a very tricky situation and um you know thankfully i had a little bit of money in the bank i couldn't rescue a dog because they wouldn't um just because of my situation you know i didn't have a full-time job um my housing was a little bit up in the air i knew i needed a, a, a dog and so um i just <laughs> just my father was horrified but i just i went out and i uh I bought one and it was a bit yeah. of a dodgy situation, but I, I bought one. And we know there are so many people in the queer and trans community who would love, um, love to have a, a rescue dog, but they, like me, they're not in the situation. Um, yeah. Either they, they can't afford it or, you know, because they're low paid, they're working ridiculous hours. Uh, and over in Toronto, we've, we've had, uh, we've just had, I don't know if you know of Nude, it's a, a food, um, it's a new food. Yes. Uh, yeah. They so they're coming on board. They're giving uh, three year, three years of food. I've got my vet on board, and she will be providing veterinary services. We have our mental health organisation here, and the dog rescue all set up. They both know each other, and we're all just so excited. Like we all get it. We all get it. And also, I get that you know we have a lot of people who come to us as a charity who've been turned down by you know, Battersea Dogs Home or the Dogs Trust or whoever because they live in rented accommodation or they have children under the age of 14 or 15 or, like you say, they don't meet the standards that a lot of these uh, charities when they're rehoming dogs. Whereas we believe in the indi individuality and we rehome, of course we rehome responsibly, but... You know, just because you're living in an apartment without a garden doesn't mean you shouldn't have a dog. And and that's part of what we're going to also be helping you with, that if you are in an apartment, we'll help you with dog walking. You know, if we'll help, we're helping with veterinary care, we're helping with food, but we're also helping with, if you are out at work, if we're helping you rescue dogs and your owner is out at work, then we'll help with all of those things that are needed for your community to be able to adopt a dog that I think, you know, as we say, is, is life changing. Some people make it very hard to adopt a rescue dog. And, you know, I, I've said to someone the other day who called me who'd rescued a dog from Mexico, who then moved to LA and has now moved here. And, you know, he's worried that his dog isn't happy because, you know, it's not running around the countryside all day. And I'm said, where is your dog mostly? And he said, well, she's looking up at my feet while I'm working. And I said, I think she'd much rather be there than probably half starved on the streets in Mexico. And, uh, you know, we, we put our, what's that word? Anthropomorphism. Is that the right way to say it? You know, we put our own feelings onto dogs, I think sometimes. And, uh, you know, that's why we're, we're so proud and happy to be able to support you to give people something that money can't buy you can't buy the love of a dog you just can't you just you just can't buy that love that compassion and the help 
the way these dogs get us through our lives every day. You know, and Nikki, just to add to that, just very quickly, um, you know, so when I ended up in this dreadful situation, I, I had a, a team of people, you know, I had a psychiatrist, I had a support worker, I had the, all of these things, which cost a, a fair amount of government money. Yeah. And they, they kept me going, you know, for this six or seven months or whatever. Um, but what ultimately helped and what ultimately brought me out of this, got me going, got me back on track, got me figuring out what I wanted to do in life was the dog. You know, something that doesn't actually cost comparatively that much money. No. And, and, it's, and it's because it's love. It's not, you know, someone who you talk to for an hour. It's someone by your side. It becomes your family. It becomes your reason, you know. So, so where, where are we? What stage are we at with the project? And um, how can people get involved? How can people help you when follow you on instagram at the don't you want me project is that that is that the uh yes so we can follow you yeah. don't you want me project but how can people help and get involved and spread this incredible message of the work that you're doing uh so i, I mean first off i guess if anyone wanted to um um, support the actual rescue grant, um, be it either in a uh, financial donation or we still need things like, um, like I'm still making outreach here and we have, you know, obviously we have the main things covered like the food, the vet services, um, but we don't have like a dog bed or a, a, a a dog coats, things like that. So if anyone wanted to donate in kind, that would be amazing. Um, if anyone wanted to make a financial donation to cover things. So with my vet, for example, um, she has agreed a certain amount each year. So there's a cap, yeah. um, you know, so if we had any extra funds for unforeseen circumstances like that, that would be great. If anyone wanted to share our, um, uh, go fund me that would be absolutely amazing and that that is for that is for the work that myself and deb are doing that's yeah. not the rescue grant but it's just so that we can um employ videographers to um you know to follow our journey i mean at yeah. some point nikki i've i've got big ideas but i would love to do an actual documentary and follow these people that would um, be amazing you should you, we have to do that. We have to do, because I, I mean, I have seen some of your film and some of the stories with people with their dogs and it is literally heart, I mean, heart-wrenchingly, emotionally beautiful. I mean. And, and Nikki, you know, the thing that gets me is um, half of the participants to date, they state that their dog has saved their life. You know, this is such you know, I'm all for therapy when, when that is needed or, or Medicare, if that is needed, but you know, it's really very expensive of and, course. and it's not, it's not a real person and, or not, but it's not something there tangible with you all the time, you know? Yeah. And this is something that we can so easily do. And kind of, I really think save so much money long-term people don't need they need what everyone else has, and that is just love. So anyway, I, I got carried away, but to um, another way people could help is that we um, 
because the criteria for the project is fairly small in that you know you're going to be from the LGBT community uh, it's going to be a rescue dog and this has to have a transformative effect on your life we you know we're just in uh, Toronto and Brighton right now and then with the lockdown obviously um, certainly in the UK Deb can't do any in-person sessions but silver linings with covid we are now doing facetime sessions we can do these shoots anywhere in the world if you have a a mac yes um and i i did one in melbourne and it you know it turned out really well so we can reach people all over the world what's the best way of getting in touch with you or or deb here in brighton or you in toronto what's the best way if people want to reach out to you have a story to share a moment to share their experience what's the best way of people reaching out to you i think they can um dm us on uh, instagram they can contact us via the website and then if you know if they want to um be a participant in the project and that we will start that process we have we have a an interview so that we find before the shoot so that we find out about their story about their dog um, and if they're suitable for the project, you know, it's it's FaceTime. It's really easy. <laughs> it's easier than it yeah. seems. Um, it, it's much easier. Well, we're living in the, the world of Zoom calls and and sadly, I'm not sitting next to you right now, but I can feel your presence, which <laughs> is just so gorgeous. Honestly, you, your smile and your heart and your beautiful eyes it's like it, honestly it's such a joy jack such a joy you have such an extraordinary warmth and heart that i can just feel through my screen it's extraordinary what you're doing and like i say we're just incredibly honored and proud to, to be involved and i know that you've mentioned jet as the love of your life and you feel that like I mean, I feel my dogs have saved my life so many times when they're there for you, when things are pretty rough and times are hard. And But tell me, tell me a little bit about Jet, because we haven't really spoken about your beautiful, gorgeous boxer. T tell me about Jet. Uh, I, I just, she is just everything. I, I, um, so about four years ago, I, you know, I was on my own. I didn't, I didn't have a dog for the first time in my life and it just felt so strange. And I knew I really shouldn't get a dog. Like I, I didn't know what job I was going to do. I, I had about six months money left. Anyway, a, a friend that I was seeing at the time, she just sent me this. It was a, it was just an ad in it. It was a bit dodgy. She said, call this number. Like your life <laughs> depends on it. And he did. I did. I kept putting it, or I reached out to rest. I, I just couldn't get a dog. So, um, how old was Jet when you? When she you got was. Her? She was nine weeks, and uh, oh my gosh, she, so she was a proper baby. Yeah, she was a little baby, and she had just, she changed everything. You know, I I started my dog walking business um, shortly after I got Jet. She's. Um, I take her on all of my dog walks. I go running with her. I just she she's a boxer you know she's a clown she's happy I talked to yeah. her her little butt wiggles like she yeah. just she's just uh the love just of your bit, life 
She is. And she, I think it's just, you know, I've always had dogs, Nikki, but I think it's just because I'm on my own in Toronto and she is my family, you know? Did you grow up with dogs? Uh, yeah, I've had dogs my whole life. Yeah. My mum bred, bred dogs uh, a few times. Um, so, but this, this feels very different just because she's mine. If Jet could talk, what would she sound like? <laughs> Mike... Mike uh, not warned me about this question. This was the hardest it's thing. Mike, you're not meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> this was the... Honestly, I'd be racking my brains and I really couldn't think of anyone. But the only thing I thought is that even though Jet is Canadian and all of her pals at the dog park that she sees every day are Canadian, I think she's going to have a British accent. And so I think Jet has... British? Yes. So uh, I think she has uh, lots of thoughts going on in her head. Uh, I think she's very smart. I think she's got a lot of energy. So I was thinking, I was thinking Eddie Izzard. Oh my God, that's genius. Eddie Izzard. And then when all of these thoughts come together, then she gets like Eddie Izzard. You know, he makes his story with all these different angles and they all come together. And The cat's behind the sofa. Do you know that one? Literally, and he's brilliant. Oh, Jack, it's been so incredible to meet you and to talk to you. And I love with all my heart the work that you're doing and the awareness that you're raising. And for anyone out there listening, want to support Jack in this extraordinary work, then you can visit Facebook, Instagram. At don't you want me project and on your website and help raise funds donate raise awareness and we are going to be finding the most incredible rescue dogs for your community and we will literally bring joy and love and life into i hope so many people's worlds because You're amazing of you. thank you so so much nikki So that's our show for today. If you liked today's show, please subscribe and rate us on wherever you get your podcasts. It does help other dog lovers to find us. Dog Bless You was produced by Mike Hansen for Pod People Productions and presented by me, Nikki Tibbles. The music by Mike Hansen. And if you want to join or contribute to the Wild at Heart Foundation, please go to wildatheartfoundation.org. Thank you so much and see you soon.